Kendall can't read this because his cat was having an orgasm. Well, could, could you, if, if you were giving your cat an orgasm right now, Luke, would you in all honesty be able to accurately read the paragraph? That well, I'd like to think that as a professional, I would, you know, no matter what was happening. This competitor's name is Hard 8, and if, if it was Hard 9... I'll tell you what, I gave your cat a Hard 8. <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. <laughs> it's gonna be a hard eight tonight. <laughs> nice. Look, Conway Twitty action. Look, is that that's the Eagles, you f***ing idiot. <laughs> uh, that's right. My bad. Same thing. Hello and welcome to the Super Animal Mega Beast Deathmatch Podcast, Season 5, Episode 5. This is, of course, the podcast where we make up imaginary animals with superpowers and debate which one would win in a fight while completely wasted. I'm your host, Norm Sherman, and we have the usual crew here with me to debate these animals. Uh, I guess we'll start with, with Kendall. Hey, Kendall, monkey, how's it going? Pretty well, Norm. Uh, everything's, everything's going great, actually. That's, so, that's really just exciting to hear for you. Are you drinking anything special tonight because this is the finals of the podcast? Uh, yeah, I, I actually went uh, with a tasty white wine uh, from the West Coast, Chardonnay. Excellent. Getting classy. And a little yeah, racist. I'm going to try to bring a little bit of class tonight to the Mega Beast Death Match. Some no dad jokes. Oh, my God. None of that. Chicanery. <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts. About as long as your dad lives. Yeah, well, it's because everything everything he says about <laughs> your dad is serious. <laughs> yeah, joke. it's not a joke. Love is no joke. It's very real. It is. It's a battlefield. So you heard Luke there a second, uh, our Afroed, speckled, mottled, pretentious, as always, uh, contributor here. Luke, how's it going? So I'm actually not drinking anything right now. Oh, boy. I don't know why. We'll get something while we're, while we're bullshitting here. I'm, I'm drinking Maker's Mark, which is what I was drinking last time, which uh, did not bode well for me, <laughs> as it turned out, in that podcast, because there was very little... Yeah, you're horrible. Yeah, it was really... Yeah, very little retrievable information or uh, any dialogue whatsoever that was not slurred. And, and your arguments were just... Very strong, as usual. I agree. Yeah, they were completely awesome. <laughs> and I mean, I'm glad that we're in agreement about that, but... <laughs> Yeah, so Bo, and then finally we have Bo here, our artist and mastermind behind most of these, definitely the master behind the art. How are you doing, Bo? Hello. I'm all right. You drinking something sure. girly yeah. and, and feminine as usual? He's at work, isn't yeah, he? I had Coke and, and rum. That's, I don't oh. Know. oh, but yeah, did it's you something. slip that into work? You're, aren't you at work right now? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. At work, man, it's 7 o'clock. I'm just here to avoid traffic. Right. I'm actually right now looking at about uh, 40 or 50 dogs. I'm on the. I'm still at work. I'm on the ninth floor, and there's a dog, like a wild pack of dogs, here right next to us. So I look down; they're like ant size. On just a whole group of dogs playing. It's kind of like a screensaver come to life. Wait, ant sized dogs? You're, you're like living a. Well, because I'm on I'm, I'm on the ninth floor, oh, okay. and I'm looking down in the full <laughs> yard of the doggy daycare. Yeah, I was kind of zoned out for a second until I heard the words ant si a swarm of ant-sized dogs, and I was suddenly back in the conversation, intrigued. <laughs> well, don't go down there, Bo. Those things have nothing but trouble for you. I thought about Bo the other day when uh, I was at a friend's Eating. house. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and it was like a, one of those, we're moving, so we're giving away all our alcohol kind of stuff, or, or drink all our alcohol. And they had uh, 
Swedish fish flavored vodka. And I was like, oh, this is a vodka that <laughs> our boy Bo, yeah, this is a vodka that our boy Bo could really appreciate Seriously. and do something with. It, it basically just tosses, that tasted like cough syrup, though. I mean, like, uh, all, like all flavored mm-hmm. vodkas do. It wasn't good? I mean, it was, if you like flavored cough syrup, it was fine. Do you know which, because the Swedish fish are flavored differently. Like, which, which fish was it flavored as? Well, obviously it was a cherry. Oh, okay. It was cherry. Yeah. <laughs> it was red. That's too bad. That's the worst fish. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Bo disagrees. <laughs> so we're at the finals here, which means that uh, everybody, the last four podcasts you've listened to, whoever won each one of those those matches has amalgamated this the powers of their uh, fellow fallen foes into one completely convoluted and ridiculous animal. And now here we are with four of those absolutely absurd completely undebatable things that are just uh this is this round is heinous and it's impossible and it's and what it's called is the finals of the fucking super animal death match which means all hell breaks loose literally these are these are the meta beasts meta beasts yes and whoever wins this round you'll be happy to know will conclude this season <laughs> of the super animal Megabees death match podcast meaning we will have the best part it is it is it's, it's the, the prize at the end is that it's the end <laughs> ultimately we plan on doing a, a finals round podcast where we announce the winner and also uh we're all going to dragon con convention in uh atlanta at the end of the month and we're gonna video camera videotape whatever you call that confound contraption at the con and uh you know, and uh, get their advice on, on who'd win. It's always a great podcast, video podcast, that we'll put out in addition to this to see what happens. In addition to just videotaping the mayhem that Kendall and Luke and Adam and various people undergo, the various fatties that they try and pursue, various urine-soaked fights that happen in, in closets. It's it's exciting times, really. It's the end of the month, I think, right? Uh, we got uh, Kendall, you, you got our hotel room already, right? Uh, yeah, we're booked into about the... Hotel we can be farthest away from the Dragon Con from. Oh, so. that's exciting for be good. Uh, that's yeah, that's good strategy. <laughs> no, but seriously, like every literally not just every year, but for the past five years, we've always been like we always go to Dragon Con. We always say we should get a hotel next time, like, and then we just put it off for almost half of a decade at this point. No, no, not even almost like for half of a decade now we've done that literally. It's usually you that says, nah, we we don't know if we want to do that or not yet, and then <laughs> so, like. It's Yesterday, of course, we start worrying about a hotel room. Uh-huh. When you point the finger, Kendall, there are always three to seven fingers that are pointing back at you. That's why I point my whole hand with uh, all five fingers. <laughs> like you're casting a spell at somebody? Indeed. All right. Touche, sir. So <laughs> five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you sure you're not drunk, Luke? Nope. Although I did soldier up, I got some Elijah Craig 12-year uh, whiskey. All right. Yeah. All right. So All right. we're ready to go. Oh, Elijah. Um, can we specifically uh, not read the descriptions of the powers? Because I had about zero time to write that, so it's a little more well, how the utilitarian hell you than usual. Right, yeah. I didn't have any time to massage the text. Just, I had to do this. My office does not have a back to it, so at any point my boss could have looked over and seeing what I was writing and been like, what the f- are you doing? <laughs> Very admirable. And think of how hard it would have been to explain, like, literally what the f- you're doing. Well, we have this podcast. <laughs> you know, it's just to be so hard to do that. Well, look at these animals, sir. Uh, <laughs> I love these animals. 
<laughs> if I can direct your attention to the super dread Nautilus. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. This is just an outline of the powers. I think that there's, they're going to be more eloquently uh, phrased probably in the next couple of weeks. But just how ridiculous this match is and uh, who's fighting in it. Yeah. So we got. Well, I'll go time. first. And I'll. Uh, sure. Can I? Can I? Absolutely. I'll, I'll refill while you're reading out. Pick a beast, Kendall. Pick a beast. I'm going to go with the one and only Necromancer, who is Salamander, Pangolin, Barracuda, and a horse. His height is six feet ten inches, and he is seven feet long, and his weight is one point two five tons. Uh, and a the description for Necromancer is. He's a carrion drake blight, able to rise and subjugate the recent dead, cast barrier spells, direct harmful spirits, and victimize foes with uh, with wasting. You know, I guess with yeah. wasting curses. What did I say? <laughs> Covering a coat of sharp, steely scales, can taste the air with elongated tongue, mm. speaks and has human-like intelligence. Always important uh, when we get to this level of the uh, of the match. And can achieve, and most importantly, can achieve light speed on foot, though brakes are part of traveling too fast, requiring brakes. He's also purely no terrestrial. Mm -hmm. Purely terrestrial. Whereas, as we read these other ones, you'll notice that there is quite the advantage that some of these other beasts might have over our little necromancer friend. Who are these other beasts you speak of, my narrating friend? Well, we have the Red Menace. Maybe, maybe I'll read the Red Menace, because I think I might be leading towards this, this menacing figure. Here. Can we, uh, can we talk about the, uh, drawing, the illustration? It looks like, yeah, it looks yep. like... I know where you're going. <laughs> Why does he have two metal penises under his armpit? Is he getting <laughs> from behind? I love how Bo spent, like, hours drawing this thing, and all we, we just instantly see it for the first time within an hour, we just tear it apart with penis jokes. I do like the menstrual blood that's just coagulating underneath him, though. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. that, that is paint, my friend. It's drooling paint. Paint? Remember? Squirrel, it spits paint. Oh, paint. The so red spits paint too. Oh, it's squirrel. <laughs> no wonder he's getting raped. <laughs> so if yeah, if you're listening to this, uh, you should you should look at these photos at megabeast.com. You can be there with us right now and then see what they look like. Fantastic. I'll, uh, let me uh, step in and read uh, the 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 menace ten ultimate contestant. Super we haven't read Red Menace yet. Well, what? we're not doing that. No, you just did. No, no. Oh, you didn't no. read it yet? Good. Oh, all right, good. <laughs> okay, so. I just figured, uh, I guess we cover the important part, which is Mystery. the blood dripping <laughs> yeah. penis. So, yeah. so, yeah, there's some other, I guess he's got some other weapons aside from a bleeding piece. Yeah, yeah. Menti's aside, he has some other, he has some other strengths. <laughs> so, Red Menace, he's a red panda, uh, slash squirrel, slash ray, like manta ray. Uh, he's 12 feet tall, 20 foot across, three times. So pretty big. He's twice the size of the Necromaster. He moves like a jet through the air so he can fly because he's got these big jet propulsion things on his back. Uh, he's able to break the sound barrier, which I guess is great unless you're comparing him to Necromaster. Speed light. He becomes invisible. Whose cat is that? <laughs> That's mine. Okay. I'm being here, so she's getting really excited. Aww. He's got metal tip claws, silica bonded muscle, toxic blood. He fires missiles and has gun turrets. Intelligent, receives communication from a spy satellite. So there's well, that's then. the Red Menace. Who wants to read the uh, the next one, the Super Dread Nautilus? I do. This one's uh, my favorite because it's the only one that made it through with uh, retractable weapons, which I think <laughs> it gives it a huge surprising. strategic advantage. It's true, yeah. <clears throat> Go for it. Um, 
So Super Dreadnoughtless uh, is part Nautilus, part Flea, part Cat, part Flamingo. 30 feet tall, uh, and he has six foot tall soldiers. Hmm. Um, he sees with heat vision. Uh, <laughs> feathers are so pink, they cause disorientation and nausea. Area behind the eyes is a reservoir of hydrogen. Um, sounds like some women I've met. Hey! Oh. Allowing for flight in spite of tremendous weight. Oh, the, the hydrogen, right. The right. hydrogen allows for flight. Uses leaping bounds for lift. Heavy kicks, period. Fires missiles, period. Uh, retractable, retractable bayonets in tentacles, metallic flea-like mandibles. Uh, he's armored and flanked by two human-sized soldiers who have biblical shields and spears, whatever that means. Are they Bible? No, not the <laughs> biblical <laughs> stuff again. No, this is just for aesthetics, but normal always thinks this has like some, like it's some big uh-huh. deal that... Uh-huh. They have biblical shields. Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho. They, these guys can shout down <laughs> walls for all we know, people. Man. Dude, Jericho came down because people screamed at it. That's that's how poorly built shit was back in <laughs> that day. <laughs> that's one way of looking at it, I guess. Yeah. It shows you the sheer horribleness that like a thousand whining Jews all at the same time can have. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, there's one further note. Um, He's inaccurate All from right. distance, which, you know, you, that happens to the best of us. Yeah. Oh, and, and, you know, retractable bayonets cannot stress enough <laughs> the yeah. strategic advantage conferred by those. Yeah, it's going to be a huge problem for the one competitor that breaks the sound barrier and the other that goes to speed of light. Like, oh, <laughs> those bayonets are coming from a large floating <laughs> dreadnoughtless. With flamingo legs. Well, I guess Bo was going to read Hard Eight, but he had to he had to duck out for a second. So, uh, so I don't know. One, one of us take. You guys were all debating about. We, we think this is the best drawing of all of them. And uh, but unfortunately, to me, he's probably one of the weaker competitors. I don't think so. Oh yeah, you think so? Really? <laughs> I don't know. Hey, that's I yet. thought we we decided the whole uh, probability altering thing was like yeah. the best thing ever. No, I think that... Well, I decided that. You tried to argue against that, I think. Uh, I just, I mean, I just was arguing against it being to the to the level that you thought it was. I mean, yeah. if we agreed that your interpretation was right, then yeah, he was unbeatable. Well, let's read sure. the thing. I've, uh, I've moved out of the room with my computer since I read it. Oh, okay, and your cat was like all just having orgasms and stuff. Catgasms. Wait, so Ken, Kendall can't read this because his cat was having an orgasm. Well, could, could you, if, if you were giving your cat an orgasm right now, Luke, would you in all honesty be able to accurately read the paragraph? That well, I'd like to think that as a professional, I would, you know, no matter what was that. This competitor's name is Hard Eight. And if I'll it, tell you what, I gave your cat a Hard Eight. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even get it out. <laughs> it's going to be a Hard Eight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Look, Conway Twitty action. Look, is that not the Eagles, you f***ing idiot? <laughs> uh, that's right. My bad. Seriously, why Why is why is that called Heart 8? Oh, because of the probability. No, and he's got eight tentacles, or he's like tentacle-based. He's an octopus-based animal, which means that he has a huge advantage because people, the voters tend to go for the cephalopod type. Heart is heart I think it's like when you're win. trying to roll. I think, yeah, I think it's like when you're trying to roll 
like like in craps or something like that. Oh. You know, you're so you got probability there in the dice. But I don't think you roll. You try. You're trying to roll eight in craps. You're trying to roll sevens and elevens and stuff like that. But but I get the I get the gist of it. Oh. I think that's where it's come from. Pretty clever. But, you know, like give me a hard seven. Yeah. Baby, baby needs a new pair of shoes. Daddy needs a new pair of cock rings. <laughs> <laughs> nice. He does, by the way. Your dad does. <laughs> if that's okay, well, that's on the message. His birthday's, his birthdays come out. Oh well, yeah. So people listening right now actually still have no idea what the hard eight is. <laughs> so if anybody wants to champion that cause, all right. So, so hard eight is uh, conceived uh, from an ungodly mixture of octopus, serpent, cricket, human, bat, and platypus. Hell yeah! Five. Five foot five inches tall, sixteen feet long. Use uh, a confounding beast which wields a probability altering ability and supreme defensive prowess to repel all attacks. Bats projectiles with battle tail. Mm-hmm. Serpentine tendrils spit blinding acid from a distance yeah. and inject paralyzing acid. <laughs> Uh, he has a malleable shape, uh, sharp claws as opposed to unsharp claws, Blunt, gliding flight, moves with bounding leaps, much like, uh, who else was it? This, um, uh, Super Dreadnoughtus uses leaping bounds. Yep. Yeah, this memory. guy moves with bounding leaps. Um, he has human-like intelligence as well. So, so that's that's two or three competitors that have human intelligence. Just two. The the only one without intelligence is also the one that's a huge floating ball of hydrogen. <laughs> Imagine that, huh? Well, at least at least seeing with heat vision is somewhat valuable in the round because um, one of the competitors that is can be invisible. That's a really good point. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, who is that? Great that's, point. Uh, the Red Menace can be. I think it's Necromancer. No, no, the Red Menace. Menace. Yeah, so this is clearly the initial fight will be Super Dreadnoughtus versus Red Menace because the fact that becoming invisible is a huge deal. Uh, Super Dreadnoughtus can see his invisibility with his heat vision. Yeah, but Super Dreadnoughtus is the only one without intelligence. Both of them also have missiles. They're the only two with that. They're obviously... Like, it's like uh, those lizards, you know, uh, Darwin's lizards that are like, there's 10 different species in the same tree, and they all like, they live at different heights on the tree. Like oh. uh, these two guys, they inhabit the same area of the tree, so they're probably going to have to kill each other off. That's my theory, too. I think they have to. And you've got Hard Eight seems like a very d- defensive, like one thing that Kendall brought up that we really paused for a second was that... Uh, He's got the supreme. He's got the probability, but it's noted here that it's uh, supreme defensive prowess to repel all attacks, which is a pretty heavy statement. Yeah, that's crazy. If uh, if you can repel all attacks, then aren't you pretty much unbeatable? He's got a prowess to yeah. repel attacks. It doesn't mean he can. He's just he's proficient at it. Uh, I see. He has the proficiency. Required to repel all Absolutely. attacks. Absolutely. And he also has probability in his side, so chances are he could repel attacks. But he also, look, <laughs> offensively, what does he have? He has the, uh, he can bat projectiles with a paddle tail, but he doesn't actually have any. So if you were to fire something at him, he could bat it back. Unfortunately, most of the projectiles in this this round are missiles. <laughs> so you bat one of those with your yeah. missile and uh, your paddle, and you're going to be, uh, you know, kaboom. He's got human like intelligence. You'd think he wouldn't hit a missile with a bat that's coming at him. 
He also has the acid. That's how he could probably do it. If he could bite you, I feel like he could do it. The acid spitting, it's blinding. But so whatever, so let's just come out with it. Who, who do you guys got? I'm going to go. I'm going to I'm going Necromancer. Uh, I just don't see any way possible to beat him because you've got the speed, you've got intelligence, he can taste the air. <laughs> See, and uh, and he can do, and he's got all these spells. He can cast. Dude, all you spells. gotta do, all you gotta do is fart, and he's. I mean, and then it's all over. <laughs> it's all over, man. <laughs> Game over, man. Game over, man. <laughs> Plus, if anyone dies while Necromancer is still alive, he can immediately subjugate them. And he's got one more person on his side fighting for him. That's a good point. Yeah, and he has barrier spells. Yeah, that's that ties I mean, into what you on. said. Like, if he puts a barrier spell up and just lets Red Menace and Super Dread Nautilus go at it because they're yeah. the natural too, then he can resurrect whoever loses and then use that to win the fight. That's what I think. I don't, I don't think Red Menace and Super Dread Nautilus have a prayer in this match. I just don't. No, you don't, don't think that Red Menace could instantly take Super Dreadnoughtus out because Dreadnoughtus is like a hydrogen-based floating balloon. Yeah, they could take each other out. So say, say it starts off the bat. Those two identify themselves. Red Menace instantly shoots a missile and blows up Super Dreadnoughtus with a hydrogen. Like, he's just gone. And you, got, you maybe have his two little minions left over, but they're, they're, you know, they're not big. They're human-sized, so they're not a problem. So can Necromander resurrect the shredded remains of Super Dreadnoughtus that are scattered about the battlefield? Yeah. Why not? Why not? The shreds are going to fight? Actually, Super Dreadnoughtless, actually, Super, Super Dreadnoughtless might be the only one that presents that problem because if he's, if he's hydrogen and he is hit by missile, he's going to be completely... That's what I'm saying. ...exploded and evaporated, yeah. So, yeah, that's probably, that's probably true. So that's weakening your point about next. I don't know. I think his shell and his, like, legs will be intact. I think the explosion will just, like, destroy all his, like, brain and organs and stuff. So I think he'll have this like big, like shell with legs walking around. Yeah. Well, even if Super Dreadnoughtless does get killed, he still has life through his uh, soldiers with biblical shields and spears. All right. Here's a here's an interesting point. These uh, these minions of his <laughs> there seem to be bound to his cause through some sort of weird devotion. Yeah. So I feel like if someone kills Super Dreadnoughtless, they're gonna just go balls out to exact revenge. Oh, okay. So, Luke, you, so said more, like... you said more articulately the point I was trying to make, which and extending it beyond if Super Dreadnoughtless dies first, which I think we may be all in agreement that that's the case, then Necromancer yeah. controls the husk of legs and wing, which means that he, he also controls the two little minions also. No, I don't think so. I think they're just going to be pissed at uh, whoever killed No, they don't have intelligence like that, though. Yeah, either devoted to him while he's alive, but when he's dead, what makes him, you know... Well, they're like crazy, they're crazy worshippers of him, so they're going to... Yep. Either they're just going to circle around his dead body and guard it, or they're going to go try and f*** up whoever took out their Jesus figure. Yeah. So let's listen to this. So listen to this. To throw this back in your face... Um, so let's say Super Dreadnoughtless can be resurrected. If they're so crazy devoted, wouldn't they just still follow him? I mean, that's... That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what I'm saying. That's, that's possible. He would, his husk would get up, and Necromander would be having him fight Hard Eight, and these other two minions would be fighting Hard Eight on behalf of Super Dreadnoughtless vicariously through Necromancer. Or vice versa of whatever that was meant to be said. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, if Necromancer's, he's going to be kicking back, basically, with his barrier spells. 
letting this fight happen be because Super Dead Nautilus is dead, you know, probably off the bat. Yeah. Yeah, let's not forget that the Red Menace has a spy satellite and probably knows exactly where each competitor uh, is to begin the match and maybe where even their abilities are. Yeah, because Hard 8 has the probability, so does it matter that he knows whenever you throw probability into it? Like, if you can change the the, uh, the fate, does knowing the present matter? What if uh, wherever Hard 8 went, that horrible uh, Eric Clapton and Babyface song falling around? <laughs> I could change the world. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Bo's done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call you guys back in three seconds with Bo on here. Yeah. Hey, everybody's here. Gang's back. Hi's back. Did you get fired, Bo? Was that about that? Was that about your porn habits that the, the guy wanted to call you for? No, uh, that was actually a pretty interesting call. Uh, you, you remember our good mutual friend Tom Baker? Yep. He hooked me up with a guy that's making a video game, so oh. I might be doing art assets for that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. We've been hammering out the details. Yeah. Of this. Our main concern is we're we're thinking that uh, Super Jet Nautilus gets blown up by the hydrogen, which is like anybody who reads these thinks that probably major immediately, right? Zeppelin explosion in that. So he blows up. So he's a husk of flamingo wing luggage with two minions that Necromancer resurrects and uses his his bidding to fight the others. Because we think Super Jet Nautilus and Red Menace are immediately going to go at each other at the beginning because they both have contrary abilities. One is like invisible, one has heat vision, they both have missiles. They seem like they're paired up on the same tree. Luke made some sort of Darwin analogy as, as usual. <laughs> so. that, was, that was a hypothetical, but our question is what happens to the soldiers if and when Dreadnoughtless gets destroyed? I don't care destroyed. about the soldiers, man. They're just like, what do they do? They're nothing. You can just sit on them. Sure, I think they don't run the speed of light. It's, it's like two soldiers with guns trying to stop the Flash as he's about to enter a facility. Man. Think of it in DC comic terms. Great. Except they're not going to be they're not going to be fighting the Flash. They're going to be fighting Hard Eight, who's a five foot five octopus. Yeah. Or the Red Menace. They could fight Red Menace too. If they're the last two. When, when I was looking at the soldiers, my thought was just they're kind of like his helper monkeys. They don't really serve a strong offensive purpose, but they're there for kind of sneaky reasons. Although, that said, I, I also went on to say that it is the dumbest of the round, so the, less, the least likely to have advanced strategy come into play. Yeah, we but talked about that you know, a little bit. You could see maybe one of these little helpers climbing up behind Red Menace and, like, jamming one of his turrets or something, you know, doing something sneaky. They like, can be sacrificial lambs. They can be insurance policies. Because, again, I think we assessed in the first podcast, if, you know, the fleas, you had to kill all six fleas for Sia fleas to have been defeated. So you'd have to kill the main Super Dread Nautilus and the two soldiers for him to yeah. have lost. Okay, that's a good point. You could you could send them off to the, the wilderness or the wasteland and just let them chill out while the fight happens. Yeah, I was, I was envisioning something where, say, Heart Aid is just being a pain in the ass. You just send the two soldiers after Heart Aid, who's more just defensive and repellent than ever offensive, and he basically keeps there. They keep him at bay while, you know, Super Dread Nautilus does his daddy business. Well, let's get on record with some shit here. I'm on the record for Necromancer. Who else does everybody have? I mean, the other contestants have some powers, but I, I don't see how Necromancer is uh, beatable really? in any way. Yeah. 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 Is it because of the light speed? You guys are hung up on light speed again. That, that's just the ultimate power. Well, no. It's, he's got, he's got intelligence. He has 
life speed. He can taste the air. <laughs> How do we keep so bringing that up? That. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's covered. He's, he's pretty durable. Covered, covered in coat. Covered in a coat. Daily scales. Daily scales. I mean, he's got defense. He's got speed. He's got intelligence. Luke, and he, okay, so my Michael Michael standard is always intelligence and ranged weapons. What and ranged weapons these, does he have? Well, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. And he has spells. spells. Barrier he's, spells. He's, he's a poisoner. He, he's an attrition guy. So there's two big bruisers in there between Red Menace and Super Dread Nautilus. There's yeah, the purely defensive heartache, which is just going to kind of screw around people. And then there's this guy whose job is really poison or curse or do something to take a continual long-term damage. I would win, totally agree with you guys. If Necromancer could shoot fireballs or something, the fact that most of his spells are barrier spells and like hard well, spirits but, and shit, he has no longer... Didn't we weapon. decide last time that the ability to go near the speed of light was like yeah, one of the best weapons ever? You guys decided that. I still don't think... I think that he's going to... That means you're going to collide with something the speed of light, which means it's going to just... No, but, but this time, look, but this time he has a staff with huge spikes on it. <laughs> All right. That's... Granted. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, what, do you, what more do you need at the speed of light? Or even under the speed of light, as we say, you don't even need to go to the speed of light because that... Just stick one of those needles through somebody that's on his staff. I mean, f- <laughs> easy. Maybe, because literally uh, he has we're, no we're, other way to hurt somebody aside from his steely scales. Well, what about, like, I mean, uh, casting a barrier spell around someone who's shooting missiles, so the missile just yeah. blows up right when it leaves there? That's, that's a good point. And also a good point would be casting a barrier spell around himself and then running the speed of light, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He could just, he could just straight off, like at the very start, run right through uh, and chop off Dreadnoughtless' legs. Okay. They're so exposed. How, though? Because he's the only one of these competitors that is land-based. He can't get in the air. and Everybody else can get in the air. They can fight it out if they no, want. No, but where's the speed of light? Uh, he's still on so the ground, dude. He has no way to get there. anything above a foot. He can jump about two feet in the air, and that's as high off well, the ground as he can get. As soon as one contestant dies, then he's got a, a air, like a flying-capable soldier. Okay, a that's a good point. Boom. Yeah. 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 It relies on somebody dying first and not him getting killed first. Well... Dreadnoughtless is going down by oh. Red Menace's hand alone. That's it. He's the only person that has what it takes to take that whole Dreadnoughtless down, I think. Exactly. But once he's down, he's Necromancer's toy. There's and if Necromancer wants to, he can, he can catch a ride. He's got superhuman intelligence. He knows that. Oh, like, he's going to him for last, so it won't fit him, right? Picture Necromancer standing on Dreadnoughtless's forehead, just like cruising yeah, around. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It's hot. And he's, and he's, just like, he's just like got his hand in the air, like saying, yeah. Come with me, minions. <laughs> <laughs> the air tastes so good up here. <laughs> <laughs> tastes <of> victory. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure Necromancer makes all kinds of bad puns about taste in the air. All right, well, I'm with Kendall here. Let's get some final saves before we call Adam. Kendall's off for Necromancer. Luke, who are you going for? Necromancer. Necromancer, too. Wow, shit. Bo? Uh, I'm actually, because he's kind of the Mario, he's the all-around guy in this round. Bo never has I, like, I, a straight-up to... answer. He's always got to just put some sort of political spin on it. What, like, what is well, political about Mario? Yeah. So, well, he's Joe the Plumber. Actually Joe the Plumber. He's pro-union, for sure. What's I think he's a uh, Chick-fil-A eater, if I remember correct, correctly. Okay. Chick-fil-A. Hey! <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so sorry, bro. We didn't want to. Yeah. I, I think the red menace wins. 
it's just got a little bit of everything. Yeah. Indefensible. It can break the sound barrier in the air. So <laughs> That's the first thing he goes to. What, what the fuck does it matter? matter? He's smart enough to know to evade. He's capable enough to win if he has to fight. Mm-hmm. He just has a little bit of everything, whereas everybody else is a little too specialized in what they do. Yeah. That's well, I'm really still, waiting for your, uh, still waiting for your designation. Here. Okay, yeah. I'm so on the fence about this, but uh, I think I have to go Red Menace, too. Uh, I, I, I will with the caveat that I would like Hard Eight to win. So if you also want to vote for Hard Eight, be, Hard Eight's weak, unfortunately. But the, the, I think there's an argument made for the probability. I think that could possibly pull him through in the end. He's very defensive. Uh, he's got the the deadly very cute. Bite. Yeah, he's cute. He's hilarious looking. Uh, awesome looking. I would love him in a t-shirt. Deadly bite. If he gets up to you and bites you, you're all, as far as we know, that's that means he's dead. He's malleable, so that's possibly good. And he glides. He's got gliding flight, and he's got bounding flight. And he's also human intelligence. He's got a lot of good things going for him. Uh, so I would love him to win. But I think that if you just break it down, Red Menace, uh, the spy satellite technology, he, uh, Bo made a really good point. I think he's, he's most versatile, probably. Uh, the invisibility is a major point with him. Like, you can't see. The only person that can really see him is Super Jet Nautilus, and I think that he would be get, he'd get, be getting knocked out really quick. So uh, Actually, I can, I can combat that because... We make fun of it, but again, Necromaster can taste the air, my friends, and it actually comes in handy <laughs> with invisibility. You think he's going to taste True. Red Menace? He's going to be like, mmm, that tastes like Yes, from like a serpent who can, you know, uses the tongue to see, essentially. Okay, so going, uh, I'll, if I concede that and say that Necromaster can can taste where the vaguely where the Red Menace is, what good does it do? Oh, so he's going to put a barrier spell up around him in that area or something? I don't know. What is he going to actually do to hurt the Red Menace? N- nothing. He has no missiles. Red Menace has got flight and long range. He could clearly take the Necromancer. He could keep pounding him. Again, you're, you're already discounting the, the spells. I mean, like, you just can't get it to your head. I mean, I don't know why, but... Leave it to a religion major oh. to rely on spells to win. Like, oh, the harmful spirit. The harmful spirits will do. He'll just he'll cast a harmful spirit on him. That doesn't tell me anything. What about wasting curses. What about wasting I, curses? I don't know. To what extent does it waste? What is it a curse? I don't. It's so vague and like ambivalent that it just like doesn't tell me anything about him. Let, let me ask you this: How how's a traditional missile gonna catch something that can move the speed of light? Whenever oh, <laughs> in your fucking face. Somebody forgot about this. Uh, I don't know. You're right. Yeah. But just, <laughs> he's got to slow down to hit somebody. Like with any, whatever. Yeah. Okay. He slows down after the missile's gone. Missile. This is not. Just keep firing. He's got two miss. He's got two cog missiles coming out of his armpits. I'm guessing he's got two missiles. <laughs> All right. Shall we get Adam on here and close this shit out? I'm interested. He's, he was, he, Adam actually said that we should delay this by uh, like a couple days because he didn't have enough time. That's bullshit. Well, it may be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. See you guys in a bitch. Oh, there you go. canker sore in the middle of like on my on my on the inside of my lip. Fucking annoying. <laughs> I love how every time you go to Dragon Con, you're gonna have some sort of facial cyst that's just like weeping. Oh no, it's, it's not a time. It's from the inside of my mouth. So we've been debating heavily, Adam, uh, who these four would win, and I know that you want to delay this a little bit because, uh, as as of right now, people have not even seen these four people. These are this is the bare drawings and bare descriptions. Well, this, this one's deep. This it one's is. But the thing is that like each one almost got got one like kind of ultimate superior power, and they match up kind of perfectly. 
every other round this season, in my opinion, has been a joke. <laughs> There's always one person who would clearly win it. But paired up against each other, this round is a real is a real thinker. I don't I haven't I still don't really know where it's it was a real sphincter? <laughs> real thinker. Sphincter. Okay, I'm just making sure we got on the record use as a real sphincter. <laughs> hey Adam, so uh why don't you why don't you think us out? I mean, because we we're on the record. Uh, I'm on from net for no, 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 because Adam always makes his decisions based on other people's. Let's just let Adam tell like how Adam thinks. <laughs> I don't want to influence him oh. at all. All right, break it down for us, big guy, without iron in his blood. <laughs> I figure I know where Norm stands. Oh, is that so? <laughs> Norm is going to stand we're... for super good Nautilus because he's the only one who cannot possibly win. Uh, whatever. <laughs> well, you're wrong there, bitch. No, that's what Bo usually goes for. Yeah, exactly. You're confusing me with Bo. Bo Bo does someone weird and arbitrary. Norm does whoever's left over just so someone has a backer. Like just so well, I'll tell you this. I will tell you this. Bo and Norm agree on who the winner is, if that makes it. Yeah. Hey, and it's interesting okay. to note, Adam, that you, you really rely on other people's uh, decisions here to make your own argument, don't you? Huh? No, I, I don't. I'm just curious. Super Dead Nautilus is scratched I'm curious. The list. One that I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say that there's no way he can win. We are in total agreement on that. Everybody's in agreement. We all think he's the first person out. Yeah, I'm back. I feel like Red Menace doesn't stand, stand especially good chance, but that depends on the million ways this could play out. How does it play out in your iron deficient, like somewhat Down syndrome? There's a million. There's a million ways. Just tell me, tell me where you guys stand. You oh, like, do you need it? You need it that bad, don't you, Adam? In order to have any opinion, you I got really this list. Need... I got this list ten minutes ago, and I'm willing oh, to say for the first time, like, I cannot make an assessment in ten minutes over this shit. But if you had to, like all of us had to, well, gun to your head, man. Gun to your <laughs> head. <laughs> Retractable gun to your head. <laughs> Retractable. <laughs> Probably necromancer gets. Gets my Boom. son of a bitch. Boom! Yeah, That's yo. three to two, bitches. Well, That's why? three to two. Why though, Adam? Why does Necromancer, who's the the land based smallest person here? I was offended deeply to my bones. Like nobody gave gives a shit about the laws of physics in this anymore. Like it's who's the cutest contender, whoever, <laughs> who has the neatest name, whoever Bo happened to draw the best, and like oh, I like this because my boyfriend said he didn't like it, and so uh, like it's it's become like. Jersey Shore bullshit. The, the speed of fucking light is so oh, stupid. Oh, here we go. Exactly. Exactly. So stupid. Stupid? And oh. that controls everything. Norm, Norm, hey, Adam, Norm thinks that, that Red Menace can actually hit Necromancer with a missile. <laughs> Think hey, about that. Hey, uh, Kendall thinks that Necromancer could hit Red Menace with anything. He has nothing to with hit him spell. with. With a spell. Oh, oh. Spell. I hate you with a spell. S what? Spell on you. What, what do you? What, how can he not? Why? Why is a spell not a ranged attack? Because it's a. It's. It is. It's a spell. Oh, I got a little spell on me. I'm gonna like whatever. How do you get spell off of a white couch? Like you put some like vinegar on it and some salt or something. <laughs> <laughs> what, the f what is spell? Spell is what comes out of Luke's dad on a Saturday night whenever you go to see a nice movie and you take him to. A f Red Lobster and the so, fucking line is. Forever. So you're saying it's magical? Oh man, magical! That's a grand. It's true. I don't know. It's it's. What I'm saying is it's everywhere. There will be spell all over the place, but we don't really. You know, it's easy to get out. A little little warm water. 
A little Windex. It's come right out of your sofa. You just, need a, you just need a black light to be able to tell where the spell is, which is actually sort of the uh, <laughs> point. My only, exactly. my only real thing is how light. Necromander would know where to cast that spell if the dude's invisible, which is the huge thing that Red Manus uh, has going for You guys are like, skeptics are going to totally agree that Necromancer's, his whole vocabulary in there is like, harmful spells and wasting curses. It's a bunch of like adjectives that don't amount to anything, and we don't really know anything about him. It's like it's a bunch of propaganda. The guy's awesome yep. because of his spells. I'm saying he's awesome because of the f***ing speed of light. And then also he has offensive attacks. And however weak they may be, they're present, and you can't touch them because it runs the goddamn speed of light. Even if it's in short bursts or like half the speed of light, like nothing else matters at that point. Mm. And I know that the, the, the dumbass <laughs> listeners listening to this right now are going to take that and not care because it's not the cutest one. Well, no, because you don't have to go to the speed of light. We've already talked about that. I mean, again, we're getting back to the arguments that we've already clearly won. Red Menace that, goes to the speed of sound. It's pretty fast, too. Nobody's even checked up on that. But no, it's not fast. It's like having a two inch stick versus a 12 inch stick, which is, which is better. Uh, yeah. Ask your dad because he knows. <laughs> All right, I think I think we're we're. I don't think we're being productive anymore. You <laughs> actually hit rock bottom about twenty minutes ago, and now I don't. We're in a we're in an area I'm not really familiar with. So, anyways, this is the finals. This is the second to last time you'll ever hear from us this round. This is what's at stake here. It is. It's huge. It's impossible. It is impossible. We know you're stricken at home. Even if you're a Super 8 fan or a uh, Super Dreadnoughtless, go for it. And you get votes for it by voting on Facebook, voting on Twitter, voting on uh, the Dreadcast forums, or calling in to 443-552-3336. Leaving a message gets you a vote. And defend. You'll be heard on this very same podcast. Call in, leave a message, it's a vote. Do it now. And uh, also go to megabeast.com and, and buy some Megabeast cards. Because if you want to see these things actually visualized, you can. You can. You can actually, for the measly price of $20, you can actually have these in playing cards. 40 cards. It's amazing. Drawn out by Bo Kire. Laminated with the special powers in the back. They are yours for the taking. If you go to megabeast.com, you can check them out. There's visuals there, so you can't go wrong. You can speculate and see them before you do it. But anyway, yeah, these are the finals. Next time you hear from us, it's going to be the final episode, and the uh, winner will be have decided at that point. I'm stoked. Yeah, me too. All right. See you then. I remember this one time that Luke's dad came over and he had a bouquet of flowers and it wasn't even roses, it was f***ing yellow tulips. I was like, what the f***? Yellow tulips? What are we, friends? I've been f***ing your ass for so many years right now and we're not even bringing yellow tulips over. And he, but he didn't say, this is what I love about Luke's dad, like he just doesn't say anything. He just like drops the f***ing door open, he tears, his, he's got one of those shirts that just rips off, you know, the buttons just come off. And he just like, I've got this ottoman in front of the table. And he just puts his hands on it. He just puts his ass in the air and just rips his shorts down. And I'm like, holy shit, man. Dude, you had an exam today. Like, how'd you do in the psych test? And he's like, business. It's like Wall Street, you know?